Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights, as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Hello and welcome to this episode of Swing the Knees. This week we're in our outdoor studio with a great view over the desert. Uh, so uh, excuse any flies buzzing around. It's uh, battling against nature when it comes to being outside, but it's a beautiful day in Dubai. Uh, Oscar and myself here in our uh, camping chairs. I'm going to have a, a discussion for our last episode of, of the year. Um, but it's been an interesting year, hasn't it, Oscar? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I just wanted to say that I wish that you all could be with us because it's beautiful. We're sitting with the desert in front of us and then we have the Dubai skyline uh, further apart. And I was thinking, what an amazing place to have a podcast studio. And then I had a fly in my nose. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, okay. It's not quite so <laughs> fun. <laughs> there are some downsides. Definitely. But, yeah, no, but it's a nice time in Dubai this, uh, this time this of time year. This time of year, definitely. And I think it also links into something that we're hoping to do next year for Swanglinese, which is to incorporate a bit more video into it so people can yeah. actually see, you know, yeah, um, A, how easy it is to do a podcast uh, yeah. in terms of you don't have to have a fixed studio, as it were, but also so people can see some of the areas that we get to enjoy uh, on the ground here. Yeah, definitely. 2019, we add more videos. Uh, of course, we need to have makeup and stuff then. You, know. you definitely do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, some people like to consume videos, some li- people like to consume audio, so I think we should have both. Well, definitely in the, the digital age, and uh, you know, there's a lot of statistics out there to support that the majority of traffic, any, anything from 80% upwards, is, is now video in terms of how we're consuming content. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like you, I enjoy listening to podcasts too. Yeah, uh, yeah. So sometimes when I'm driving uh, or in the gym and so forth, it's not so easy to watch the podcast, but yeah. uh, there's all different people, all different preferences, so we want to cater to everybody. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. But no, t- so, yeah, the topic of today, Barry, I wanted to discuss a little bit sales um, because it's such a big part of business mm. and uh, it changed a lot the last, cu- last couple of years. Uh, and I believe, did you start your career in sales? I did, actually, yeah. I, uh, when I came out of university, I didn't know what I wanted to do. My degree, like many people, kind of showed me some things but didn't really provide a career path if you like I, I realized I didn't want to do anything to, to do with my degree um, when I when I finished uh, or tourism degree come on yeah well the whole point of that degree was to learn how tourism works and having been traveled a lot as a kid because of my, my my background I wondered how that business worked but then everything was focused on the UK and I was more interested in the international scene uh, so it basically didn't provide me with what I wanted. You didn't uh, pay enough. Come on. Well, that that was one of the lessons for sure. Is that unless I own the hotel or own the airline, um, you work long hours yeah. and uh, you don't necessarily get compensated that well. So, um, I kind of came out of university as a blank page, and then uh, it's kind of one of those things as well. People said, "Well, you, you know, you can you, you relate to people quite well. You should look at maybe sales." Yeah. I was like, "Okay." let's have a look at it and uh, went out into the market space and pitched myself as a blank canvas having just completed a degree etc etc but was willing to be molded by uh, an organization and ended up picking up a business development role with a small software company Um, and that's how I started and back then it was uh, phone yeah yeah, we hit the phones I was business development as what they called it but basically I was a a cold call expert (laughs) (laughs) uh, and get on the phone and uh, and call as many numbers in a day as possible to a try and establish contact and then be a obviously foster relationship which was um, 
it's a it's a unique proposition because you get a lot of rejection yeah, 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 <laughs> as, yeah. a, as a as a yeah. new business development salesperson uh, you get a lot of people saying no 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 all the time and yeah. uh, it's a certain skill set to be able to accept all of that um, rejection but not let it get to you because at the end of the day that's the job mm. uh, it's not personal either and that's I think a lot of people kind of get a little bit offended when people say no to them but it's not a personal thing it's uh, they're just not interested in what you've got to sell um, mm. and it's changed a lot though over the, uh, the last few years because we've got a lot more tools at our disposal now yeah I mean uh, I think selling it's uh, it's very good school and I think a lot of it's also if you want to be an entrepreneur one day uh, learning sales is uh, so crucial because yeah that's what you're going to do in the beginning when you don't have a big team and stuff you exactly need to do, you need to be able to influence you need to need to be able to sell your ideas it's the only way that you can have a business yeah. at the end of the day if you can't sell your idea or, or communicate your idea well to those people that would supposedly buy it from you then you don't have a business mm, it's, yeah. it's like it's integral you can have everything else in place your finance your HR your um, your uh, legal department and everything but if, if you're not able to actually sell your product then all of those roles become redundant because without yeah. shifting whatever it is you're selling whether it's a service or a product then you're not making the revenue to pay those people yeah no exactly I mean for me uh, many times when I say I have a background in hotels people think I was standing in the kitchen or standing in the reception or something like this but when I graduated from my hotel school okay I, I had worked a little bit in all the different departments in the hotel but 2002 I started working in sales mm. in hotels right so technically I wasn't working in hotels I was working in sales hmm. uh, and one reason was that I wanted to uh, I saw how how hard everyone was working in the department <laughs> yeah. while the salespeople were having nice dinners and cocktails <laughs> and you know not uh, entertaining guests and so. yeah. well, I can see myself doing that <laughs> so no so, so since 2002 actually I've been in sales yeah. so uh, and uh, hotel sales or hospitality sales is very relationship driven mm. uh, because you don't it's uh, yeah, you need to build long-term relationships because you want to repeat clients and all this. I would say that so that's probably a, yeah, that's transitioned into most other businesses now as well. Yeah. Is that it, everything's about relationship, relationship selling, consultative sales process. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, long gone are the days of I'm the salesman. I'll know best. I'll tell you what you need, Mr. Mm. Customer, and you'll buy it. Yeah, people yeah. just don't accept that anymore. They're, they're oh yeah, exactly. But the interesting thing is that a lot of people still think about the sleazy, you know, second-hand yeah. car salesman. But that's long gone. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. And you're a consultant. You're trying to help. You know. Well, this is people have become a bit more uh, knowledgeable. It used to be, you know, that again the cliche that you would take your car to the garage because the mechanic was the expert, and then mm. there was all of these, you know, cartoons and whatnot about how the the bonnets up, and the mechanic would say, mm. "Oh no, you know, this is you need that, that, and that," and you just come in because you had a puncture, and then suddenly you need a complete engine overhaul, and you think, "Well, he's the expert. I guess mm. I do." Yeah. Um, but people have become a lot more knowledgeable now, and so they understand, no, that's not the case. And actually, they're looking for those people that can help them fix the problem uh, in a way that they feel comfortable with without pushing it you know, down their throat, as it were. Yeah. Because it just people don't respond to that. Yeah, no, I mean, the best... Uh, when, when, I, uh, when I work with uh, coaching clients or when I work with clients, I want that client to be a client for life. Yeah. I want them to like listen. This was really good. I, I'll come back next year and, and do something similar. You know? Yeah. So if I push something that uh, it's not as per their needs, or you know, then I'm just shooting myself in the foot because yeah. I constantly need to chase new clients. You know? I think that's a big mistake that a lot of people make is the short term yeah. goals or not even goals. It's the short term approach to their business. Is that I just need to sell some units or I need to sell some uh, services. 
just so that I can generate that revenue whereas they're not looking long term is that well if I actually do a good job and develop deliver value that client might be a client for a lot longer and then the lifetime value of that client of course is is much higher Mm, Um, and it's based around mutual trust you're providing something to them that they find valuable and therefore are willing to transact with you i.e. pay you for that service but I I see it all the time where um, the short term kind of overtakes the long term it's just about dollars in now do whatever you can to close that sale Uh, and in some cases you can close that sale but it will probably be a one-off transaction because then people say well yeah I guess it was all right but I didn't either I didn't really relate to them or they weren't particularly um, you know customer focused it was Mm. just I just felt like I was a number being closed so that they could get on to the next one and uh, I think this transition has been happening for quite some time now yeah unfortunately in if you look at it, the hotel industry here in Dubai you sometimes see it still that the the, lead, the the management and the leadership they're pushing their salespeople to just uh, go out and like meet as many clients as possible mm. without a proper strategic plan without giving them the tools right so they just uh, go out and knock on doors and try to meet as client many clients as possible and yes activity is extremely important in sales you need mm. to have a high number of activity but if you sell out uh, send out your sales team without the proper skills Basically, you have unprofessional salespeople chase, going out chasing clients. Do you really yeah. want that? You know, no, definitely. Uh, and I think that comes back to sometimes measuring the wrong thing as a key performance indicator. Yeah. That you know, just because your sales team have been out there and managed to have twenty-five meetings in one day, mm. um, and that's because you've targeted them with having twenty-five meetings in a mm. day, that doesn't mean that they're able to actually. Um, have quality meetings yeah, or have yeah. the the kind of skills that would turn some of those meetings into actual clients mm. because they're too pe- too busy focused on the wrong bit which is yeah. oh I need to do 25 meetings yeah, because yeah. that's what I'm being measured on and then this is the cycle that um, it, it doesn't work because we're measuring the w- wrong thing yeah. and, and uh, then when you sit there in the meeting you're already thinking about the next meeting yeah. it's like shit I gotta close this meeting so I can go to the next meeting you know yeah which, which means you're not focusing on that meeting and which means that that person that you're in that meeting with is not getting the best of you yeah, yeah. if you're even capable of doing what needs to be done so yeah when I started 2002 and I think when you started uh, the major tools were uh, phone and maybe some networking events but there was a lot of you know uh, book meetings over the phone yep. and then have appointments oh, yeah, pretty uh, much that was it It was that was yeah, pretty much all that was available yeah. to us it was just calling 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 and trying to arrange a meeting yeah. so now in the digital age uh, what do you say is, has changed well I think that the the way that we interact with each other has changed and also the number of tools that are available to us means that there are in many cases before we've even physically met with a prospect we've already had virtual meetings with mm. them i.e. Yeah. through our uh, social media pages for our companies or through our own personal social media pages or through video or, or through, through other, a podcast yeah podcasts yeah. as well yeah, yeah that people have heard of you or heard your voice yeah. and heard the uh, the title of your podcast there's so many mm. touch points now before you get in contact that people it's almost that weird situation where you meet somebody for the first time and you think oh I feel like I've met you before mm. and it's probably because you've seen something on social media either on LinkedIn or you've seen them on a different channel or you've watched some of their video content mm. so there's already a relationship there yeah. which means that by the time you get to that initial uh, meeting in the real world as it were um, it's like you already have a couple of um, pieces of the puzzle in place mm, yeah. that can be a good thing but it can also be a bad thing depending on what you've put out there mm, content yeah. wise is that they may already have a, a negative uh, viewpoint of you personally or if your company is not 
active in the social space and not providing enough evidence i.e content of who you are that can actually sometimes from a sales perspective you might not even get the meeting Mm, they might decide not to accept the meeting so well i don't think it's really the kind of company that i want to work with or that's not the kind of person i would want to work with Uh, so we've got a a different online online reputation yeah yeah, exactly we're all judged before we've we've met physically in many cases because people have got the tools to be able to go and look up who we are and the mm. company that we are or what we represent and uh, and also the products and services of mm. course to say yeah. yeah not really for me or oh, that sounds interesting mm. and the way that they've communicated this i would actually give that person you know half an hour of my time in the boardroom to come and present their uh, their value proposition mm. um, so yeah. it, it's made it easier but it's also made it harder mm. because we've got to yeah, be so yeah. much more aware yeah. But what it does mean is that you know salespeople are not just on a single um, avenue now. It's not just about hitting the phones all the time. They actually have to think about multiple channels yeah, yeah. Uh, to be able to reach their audience. Not least of which because their audience is also um, spending a lot more time on these channels. How many times have you been rang or how many times has your phone rang from a landline number that you don't recognize and you've decided... I'm not going to answer that because yeah, I don't know who it is. Yeah, and it's probably going to be a yeah. sales call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so this is yeah. where we have to uh, adapt and, and yeah. change our skill set, um, which I think is something that you're looking at doing, yeah, the, yeah, the sales no, exactly, training. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, sending out unprofessional salespeople on the street is <laughs> irresponsible if you're a business owner. Yeah. I think you need to – there are tools. And I, when I started in sales 2002 – uh, I, d- I didn't have any sales training. I, I came straight from uh, university doing a, with a hospitality degree, you know. Yeah. So I started in sales, and I just in my in the beginning, I just went uh, went to a meeting and talked, you know, and talked about my product, and you know, yeah. talked about features of my product, and and then like 2003, we had a sales training, and I actually they were like, oh, it's a process. <laughs> First, yeah. you need to ask a couple of questions. You need to find out, okay, what is the needs. What, 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 what is actually the client what do they need what do yeah. they want you know and then you can tailor make your proposal based on this it's the consultative selling process you know? yeah so and I see it uh, so many times uh, salespeople are just they think selling is telling mm. you know that they're talkative and many times in companies you hire someone because he's good socially they think you know and, and then he is uh, what I call a crocodile salesperson you know someone that says talks 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 but you need to be elephant. You need to have two big ears, and you need to listen. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I like you. I was going to say something similar, just not quite <laughs> those uh, references. Yeah. But that's why we have two ears and one mouth. Yeah, yeah. You should be yeah. listening twice as much as you're talking. Yeah. But like you say, traditionally, salespeople are bah, 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 yeah, talking yeah, all the time. Uh, it's quite interesting if you look at Sweden. Uh, in north part of Sweden, it's uh, you know uh, very cold and uh, it's a uh, lot of space and it's quite empty. So, so the, the, in North Sweden, people don't talk so much as in the South. Oh, right. They're more, just more like stoic and more quiet, you know. <laughs> and they always say that the best salespeople are from the North. Mm. Because they come and they ask a question and then they just sit and listen to you. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this guy is an excellent... Uh, <laughs> excellent listener. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then so, you have to be able to take that information and then translate it back to that prospect so that you can show them how your product or service can help yeah, them yeah. fix their problem. Which... Yeah. At the end of the day, this is where I think the the technology really makes a difference. Is why do we go online these days? Is to find an answer. Yeah, yeah, why do yeah. you go on Google? Why do you go onto social and search a specific hashtag? You're looking for an answer to a question. Yeah. If you can find somebody that can answer that question knowledgeably and and 
cost effectively yeah. they're the people for you yeah. uh, and that's what's happening now is that people are just looking for answers and yeah. the sales representatives or the people that represent uh, the organizations it's whether or not they can listen what is your actual problem translate that into how my system or my product or service can help you with that problem yeah uh, and that's it's it's not really rocket science. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> but still, it's missing so many times. You know? Yeah, and like you interact with a lot of salespeople, no? Yeah, yeah, like, all the time. What is your, uh, what's your, uh, like, experience? Well, Do they talk s- more than listen, or they ask this is this is the thing. Nowadays, I get contacted by more sales representatives, and I, I use the air quotes there because I do believe that realistically, now, pretty much everybody in your company has a sales role to fulfil because they're active on yeah, social yeah. channels. But what so I the s- air quotes only works on videos. So we need yeah, to start with the video. Yeah, doing that more, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rather than explaining that I'm doing it, just doesn't yeah. have the same effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I see it happening all the time on things like LinkedIn, whereby LinkedIn is a networking platform, just like you would go into a networking uh, meeting. Uh, that's been organized but what I get is a lot of people contacting me people that I don't know uh, contacting me on LinkedIn sending me an invitation to uh, invitation to connect sometimes they don't even personalize that so again there's a missed opportunity to start building a relationship but then if I if they go through my uh, my validation uh, questionnaire if you like which is in my head as to whether or not I will connect I look at whether or not they might be useful to me whether or not they might be useful to my existing network and then I decide whether or not to connect with them but so many times I've go through that process I decide to connect with them and then the first message I get from them is them trying to sell me their product Mm. and that's where I see the big disconnect is that well people don't buy from people they don't know so why would you try and introduce yourself to me and then sell me straight away (laughs) when I don't really know who you are I don't have any reference point we don't have any relationship Um, and it's something that I talk about a lot in my training actually is that this idea of LinkedIn as a a sales tool is definitely uh, it's amazing it's an incredible tool but like any tool it needs to be used properly and many people are not and, yeah. and this is where salespeople or representatives of the the business that are responsible for increasing the number of products or services that are are, are sold are not taking the customer into consideration yeah. they're still adopting the same mentality that was mm. 10 20 years ago which was i'm the salesperson i know what you need mm. even though i never asked you what you need yeah, yeah. which yeah. again people don't have time for it today they're yeah. like nope no, not interested and they won't connect or they'll turn off yeah. or they won't accept the, inf- uh, the the meeting in the first place yeah. so so yeah I, I think that it's one of those situations where it's unfortunately still whilst we've moved on in years the the lessons haven't necessarily been learned or probably more uh, appropriately the training hasn't been given yeah no exactly that's what i see and, and that's uh, so these guys that did this training with me 2003 at that time they were working for a big training company in sweden called mercury which is a global training company now uh, they left and they started their own consultancy and i made an uh, agreement with them this summer to take some of the concepts down here mm. because i fee- feel that it's really needed that, that we improve the I mean, I know the sales. It's not easy to be in sales. I know you're working hard if mm. you're in sales and listening to this. I know you have targets. I know you have pressure, but just change the process a little bit. And ask if you're in sales, ask your managers to push for some training because yeah. some small tweaks and it becomes much much better. You know. But this uh, is a th- that I think maybe this is an issue, especially if you are a salesperson to listen to this. Is that do you want to be the one on the team that goes to the boss? with a request for training because people then think oh he's not a good salesperson or she's not a good salesperson why would you be asking for training and again I only say that because I think there's that misconception still out there actually if a salesperson who's doing okay comes to you and asks for training 
that's a person you want to keep. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a great sign, you know. <laughs> you know, that they want to yeah. get better yeah, and exactly. they don't think they know everything and, yeah. and they want to learn how to get uh, better at the role that they're employed to do. But yeah. so many, especially here, it's viewed as weakness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't know what yeah. you're doing. Well, yeah. oh, better yeah. get rid of you then. Yeah. And this is the whole, you know, the, the downward spiral. And then they mm. go and interview somebody who sounds great, says all the right things. Mm. But again, when it comes down to reporting on how they're doing, mm. they're not actually delivering. And it goes back to that old adage that, you know, salespeople can talk. <laughs> but what, what can they actually deliver? Mm. Yeah, um, exactly. And so, yeah, the, the, the request for training is, is something that would, in my mind it'd be valuable to yeah. see my sales team going oh I want to get better yeah. and then it would be on me as the you know the business owner to go and find the appropriate um, training for them yeah no exactly you know? and so these guys that I signed the agreement with they also have uh, adopted their training a little bit so they do something called the customer journey right which is uh, mapping like you're saying now the first point of contact is probably not the salesperson mm. it's probably a digital yeah. you know and then there's so many steps in the customer journey that you need to manage and uh, everyone should be uh, uh, like if you go to uh, somewhere let's go, if you go to store everyone should be trained in this selling process you yeah. know like there's so many opportunities if you map the whole customer journey yeah. from first point of contact till uh, after after like consuming sales. the pr- yeah. product you know yeah for, for because this is how the you know the amazons of the world do so well is the cross selling down selling up selling diagonal selling because yeah. there's so many potential avenues that that, that person can go down yeah. but what i also see in this you know our digital age is that more and more people will use the technology to get to a certain point but then they want to talk to a person mm. they want a salesperson mm. but they want the right salesperson mm. to yeah, take yeah, them over course. the line as it were or to as you said, after making the initial uh, purchase, the customer service side mm. of things. And even though it's called customer service, customer service representatives are definitely in sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, for the whole experience uh, and this, uh, and sales, uh, yeah, it's not only the, the salesperson. No. no. So, so, yeah, no, mm. definitely. When they do these trainings in Sweden with the customer journey, they look at uh, hotels and they look at all the different steps and uh, you know the salesperson that's just one part of it yeah and then when they actually consume the the when they are in the hotel that's when you need to really manage the experience and also there's a lot of space for upsells or cross sells or down sells yeah you know so but you need to be open to identifying them yeah exactly and that 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 takes training you know you cannot uh, expect uh, like many times you have order takers after mm-hmm. the salesperson maybe the salesperson has some training but then it goes to to the hotel or whatever the industry you're in yeah. and that person doesn't have any training he's just yeah. an order taker yeah and uh, so yeah this whole whole chain when of interactions between the client and your business needs to be managed mm. and uh, in a in a best possible way so yeah and maybe we can do things together there Barry, because and you with your digital part and then uh, yeah, we'll physical. take that off the off the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can talk. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, this you know, there's people talking about like economic downturns and this, that, and the other. But uh, we were just chatting before we, we turned on the mics about the fact that there's always money in the market. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just about positioning your brand or your product or service at the right point to be able to access it. Yeah, and again, yeah. it's not about you know finding a way, sneaky way to do it. It's about providing value to your customers yeah. which means a understanding who your customer is b understanding what their journey is and then c adding that value to it to, yeah, to yeah. help them understand that you, you you're doing what they need yeah, yeah. um 
But so you know, in 2019, this is going to be a focus for you. Are you delivering the? Are you looking at this from a sales um, yeah, workshop perspective? Exactly, yeah. What's the What's the program? Yeah. So for my corporate consultancy, Chicago Consulting, where I do these uh, engagement trainings, where we do team buildings and these kind of things, I also added uh, their sales trainings now. Yeah. So both just uh, basic like consultative selling and also this customer journey. Mm. Uh, so yeah, no, that's I think it's definitely needed in Dubai and. I mean, if you don't do it with me, um, look at it, uh, look into it, and uh, invest in your salespeople. That's uh, the recommendation I would give to yeah, any no, business definitely. owner. You know. Well, this is the again the, the cliche is that what if we uh, what if we train them and they leave <laughs> and uh, see as what if we don't and they stay? Yeah, exactly. And it's I so true. Quote, yeah, you know that, yeah. that that can be so detrimental yeah. to the brand if yeah. you just don't take care of them and, yeah. and help them get get better this is what i also found when i started working is that um they use the sales process as a way of um identifying problems in the mm. supply chain yeah. because you know people say oh it's it's fallen off here and then they just say well fire that person it's mm. actually well it's probably a training need mm. yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. probably a training need rather than they don't not doing a good job or yeah. that you've got the wrong people in the wrong place yeah. and that by taking a bit of time and understanding is that a that person probably shouldn't be in that role mm. or yes they 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 should be but they need more training yeah. uh, as opposed no, to just pro- process you know then the recruitment is either wrong or you know mm. or the training is wrong you know yeah, but the, I think a lot of uh, a lot of businesses kind of don't want to take the time to investigate that, and would rather just right get rid of that person and recruit somebody else. Mm. But I mean, that doesn't necessarily fix the problem. Yeah, <laughs> you, no, exactly. you could actually uh, make the problem worse. Yeah. Because who knows what you're going to get in now? At least when you've if you've gone through the employment process, the recruitment process, you sh- usually will have somebody in place that has got some skills. Because why did yeah. you employ them in the first place? Yeah. Uh, and maybe it is a case of just building up the skill set. Um, yeah. Of course, there are situations where you're like, I don't know what happened there, but <laughs> we need to let that person yeah. go. Can I ask you a branding question? Hmm? So uh, these guys, they call their company Moderna Competencer, which is Swedish for modern competences. Mm. And when I met them, I told them, listen, uh, let's, I'll, I'll work with you guys outside of Sweden. I'll t- do, do your trainings in other parts of the world. But the name Moderna Competencer is a Swedish name. Like, How, how is this brand going to work outside mm. of the border? And then the guy that the founder, he said, "Yeah, but think about Hagendas. Hagendas works all over the world, but no one really knows what it means." <laughs> so, what are your thoughts? Uh, does a Swedish name like Moderna Competencer work as a brand? I mean, it, it can work for yeah. sure. I, 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 it's always an interesting um, question because I think that realistically, uh, people will always then ask questions of what does it mean and, and all of these kind of things. But that's not necessarily a bad thing yeah. because you, the, if people are asking questions of your brand, then they're showing some some level of interest, and that's a good thing for the brand. Um, it's like the know, name of this podcast that we made a little yeah, bit tricky, exactly. <laughs> so, which is sometimes good and sometimes bad. Afterwards, you know? trying to explain it to people, like, oh, yeah. we should have made it like a three-letter <laughs> podcast; it would have yeah. been easier. But yeah. I, I think that it, yeah, from a branding perspective, you want it to be communicable across markets especially if you're going to bring it outside of the market that it was actually created in it makes sense in sweden but outside of the market it might not but at the same time you've got multiple examples of brands that are international but they don't mean anything in the other languages they're just recognized that way Uh, but this taking them time to build those brands yeah Yeah, and and i guess the swedish word moderna competencer is quite easily understandable in english and also in german i think it's uh, similar yeah. So it's not like it's, uh, I mean, competence is what probably Latin from the beginning or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I mean, I think it could work. It's just about um, 
as I said right at the beginning, realistically, these days, people's attention span and time they allocate to these things is so little mm. that realistically, uh, and again, a lot of branding people will, will disagree with this, is but when people go and looking for a solution to the problem, they aren't really looking at the color scheme that you've chosen or mm. the logo that you've chosen. They're looking at, can you fix my problem? Mm. Whether that's, I need a new air conditioner, a laptop, my back mm. pain, uh, my uh, where am I going on holiday? Which airline should I use? We're going onto these channels to find a answer to uh, a question that we have in the first instance. Now, depending on what that question is, for example, if you are looking, if you're in immense pain because your back's hurting, when you go looking for somebody to help you, either chiropractor or physio or whatever, you're not really that bothered about their branding. You're worried and, and more concerned on, can this therapist stop this pain? If they can stop this pain, I will do anything yeah, because yeah. I'm in, in yeah. agony. And so this is where people's um, sales process in their own mind is that, can you fix my problem? Can you fix my problem? Mm. And that's the first thing. Now, of course, we need a balance. We want to have a brand that people can recognize, but we also want to have the... Um, the ability to communicate that we can help them with their problem. And most importantly, these days, it's having um, external evidence that you've done it for other people. Mm, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the peer-to-peer reviews, the Google reviews, mm, the Facebook mm. reviews, the testimonials that you've got going on, because that's actually what people are evaluating, is that can you help me with my problem? Mm. Uh, and that's where I see the brand comes into it to, to help people understand, oh, yeah, that, you know, when, when you talk about consultancies, you talk about the big five. Mm. They've built those brands as that's a, that's what a consultancy is. Mm. Um, but other brands out there have obviously built their reputation around, I can fix your back pain. I can fix yeah. your, um, you need to become a professional footballer. I can help you with off-road driving. I can, yeah. Whatever it is, that's yeah. what they are recognized as. Yeah. And then the name of that brand, it just becomes synonymous with that particular um, problem that they can yeah. fix. So uh, I would say is, is if the brand has a good standing in Sweden and you've got examples of how they've helped other people then that can be transferable part of your responsibility will obviously be to get clients on the ground here yeah, yeah implement exactly. the processes that are taught through their, yeah, yeah, <laughs> their yeah, courses exactly, yeah. to you, you become your own case study basically yeah, no, exactly, which is a great yeah. way to be now this is uh, one of my focus areas next year to continue with the uh, engagement and team buildings but also in, uh, start more with sales trainings i already done uh, worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and also small Small business owners with sales and marketing, but yeah, more corporate sales training. That's one of my focuses. What about you? You have a couple of projects, but maybe they're too secret to, to tell <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Not uh, secret, but they're uh, uh, in under process. And uh, yeah, but I want to get them a, f- a little bit further along before we start yeah. talking about them, just yeah. because there's uh, a few bits and pieces just uh, need to be ironed out from that side of things. But looking forward to 2019, yeah. and uh, the, the core focus is definitely going to be on the uh, the digital work we do with schools. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the stuff around cyberbullying, uh, cyber safety, cyber security as well, and uh, and into the online reputation uh, thing. Because again, I, I see it as an area that's just going to become more and more important. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. we we're going to try and keep on that message, uh, especially to help out that next generation in terms of their understanding of how the digital world works and everything they're doing online and how that impacts their their lives a bit further down the. Uh, down the track uh, so yeah it should be interesting it should yeah. be very interesting yeah. and uh, uh, looking forward to that looking forward to doing more and more of the uh, the podcast as well I know that we uh, every time we do this we always enjoy it and yeah. then uh, you know the other stuff takes over one of the uh, 
the uh, issues of being a uh, so-called entrepreneur is many many fingers in many pies and yeah. certain things don't get the attention that they uh, they deserve yeah. but um hoping that we can put that to rights in 2019 there's been some really interesting businesses coming online uh, over the last 12 months mm. that would be great to speak to an interview yeah, uh, on swing the knees and uh, so if you're listening if you have any interesting business owners or even business profiles it doesn't have to be entrepreneurs it's no interesting business profile nice stories uh, we would be happy to talk to them okay. yeah definitely and uh, I think it's probably a good time to end this episode it's, yeah. it's great being outdoors but yeah. the wind's picking up yeah. the sand's blowing in our face <laughs> and <laughs> so. I don't know we, we were a little, little bit lazy so we actually put our shirts next to the road so if the cars have been st- been disturbing then yeah, I, I hope the content has been interesting and valuable and you see that uh, it looks like a spaceship in the distance yep. it's one of those cool Dubai metro stations no 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 that's actually the swimming pool oh really that's Sheikh Hamdan complex oh okay yeah <laughs> sorry nice try <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but uh, thank you for 2018 Barry it's been a uh, pleasure talking to you again and uh, look forward to talk to you again 2019 look forward to it thanks for listening thanks bye Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.